Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. I think all suppliers are facing quite significant challenges. It's very hard to say what what the market will look like this time next year, I think. And those wholesale prices have spiked around the whole world, not just here. And that's thanks to increased demand for gas from economies reopening after the COVID-19 lockdowns, higher demand from Asia, and a summer that was less windy than usual. I think my worries are that Ofgem is going to find a very quick fix. There are are many reasons why uh, business customers like us in particular choose to go with a renewable energy provider. This week, along with witch energy expert Sarah Ingrams, we have a brilliant bumper episode bringing you the latest on the energy crisis with so much advice and industry insight. Find out what happens if your firm has gone bust, by how much your energy bills are likely to shoot up in 2022, and whether there's any hope at all in switching providers. We are witch. After a tumultuous few months for energy suppliers, last week we saw the biggest firm yet to run into difficulty. This was Bulb, a company with 1.6 million customers who had previously claimed to be the fastest growing company in Europe and paving the way in helping people lower their energy bills and carbon emissions. Though sadly, it has become another casualty of soaring gas prices. And since then, a further three companies have gone under. We're recording as usual on Thursday and Zog Energy was the latest to go just yesterday. But unlike the other suppliers who have recently collapsed, Bulb has been put into what's being called special administration. Soon we'll be discussing what this is and why Bulb is the only supplier to be going through this process. But Sarah, can we first rewind a bit, starting with some background on why the energy market has gone into meltdown this year? Over the last few months, wholesale prices have risen a huge amount and fast. Mm. So we saw a 250% increase in wholesale gas prices between January and September, plus a power price spike last month, which was reported to be the second highest level on record. And those wholesale prices have spiked around the whole world, not just here. And Mm. that's thanks to increased demand for gas from economies reopening after the COVID-19 lockdowns, higher demand from Asia, and a summer that was less windy than usual, so gas was more relied on. Meanwhile, there's a price cap in place to protect domestic customers who are on out-of-contract or default tariffs, and this limits the amount that suppliers can charge them. Um, And there's about 15 million people on those price cap tariffs. 
So some companies are buying energy at much higher prices than they can sell it to customers. So they're losing money. So they're becoming insolvent. Mm -hmm. Some companies can weather the storm better than others, thanks to their strategies for buying energy, their investors or the other arms of their business. Now, wildly, so far this year, over 20 domestic suppliers have gone bust, with three collapsing last week alone. If we take Bulb out of the equation for a minute, all of the other providers have followed the same process. What has this involved, Sarah, and what has it meant for customers? So far, when an energy company has collapsed, it has gone through the supplier of last resort process. You might also have heard it called solar, and Ofgem runs this. Um, That guarantees that your gas and electricity supply continues as usual and that any credit you have with your supplier is protected. Ofgem finds a new supplier for you and this typically takes a couple of days or not more than a week. It will run a competitive process to find the best fit supplier um, for all the customers of the firm that's failed. So while you're waiting, if your supplier has failed, take meter readings, ideally take a photo of them. So you know how much gas and electricity you used when your firm closed. It's also a really good idea to download any bills or statements from your online account or even take a screenshot of your balance so that you have proof if you need it later. Ofgem also advises that you don't try to switch supplier at this point so that the process of transferring you over to the new firm and paying back your credit goes as smooth as possible. Once they've chosen the new supplier, it will get in touch with you to tell you how the transfer is going to work. It will move your account across. It will add any outstanding credit. It will set up your new payments. This part can take longer, sometimes a couple of months, depending on how long it takes to get the information from the administrators of the old supplier to the new supplier. And what you pay is protected by the price cap. But that doesn't mean that your bills won't rise compared to what you were paying with your old supplier. Sarah, we have a further question on this from a customer who's being transferred to a new supplier. Nicola commented on the Witch Facebook asking, what happens to us on prepay meters? I have a smart meter that only works with some companies. I don't want to be on a direct debit, but can't see how my meter will still work. Sarah, what happens if you're a prepayment energy customer and your firm closes? So the new supplier will be chosen for you and you'll be transferred across to it just the same as if you pay in a different way by direct debit or by cash or cheque. You should still be able to top up as usual and use your credit as usual while a new supplier is chosen. Any credit you have should be honoured. If you have a smart prepayment meter, your new supplier can get the details of it from the central wireless network that connects all smart meters. But some first generation smart meters will need intervention, of Jem mm. told us. So you should still get your credit back, but it might not be quite as straightforward. Also, Ofgem said recently that one of the reasons it chose the special administrator regime for Bulb was because it had lots of customers with prepayment meters. And I'm quoting Ofgem here. There is a material risk that customers who are on a prepayment meter could lose the ability to top up their prepayment meter during a supplier of last resort process. So if you can't access your credit, keep proof. So I mean, take a photo of your meter or take a photo of your top up receipt or a screenshot from your online top up payment and contact your supplier. Your old supplier is responsible until a new one has been chosen for you. So let's talk a bit more then about this so-called special administration process that Bulb has been granted by the government, which is an intervention I've seen compared in the FT and The Guardian to the bailout schemes used to keep UK railways running. So Sarah, what does this bailout look like? How much government funding are we talking about here and how is it being used by Bulb? 
so the government is providing funding to make sure that the administrator appointed for bulb can manage the firm in a way that protects customers' energy supply. That's the key priority. Uh, it set aside $1.7 billion to run the company in the near future. The government says that it can recoup these costs at a later date to make sure that it gets the best outcome for bulb customers and for the taxpayer. And during this kind of limbo period, what does it mean for bulb customers? Let's first hear from one of our listeners, Paul, about his experience since news broke of bulbs administration and the questions he's now left asking. The first inkling I had was actually by Twitter. I saw a post uh, in my feed from one of the uh, one of the news channels, and then I went on to Bulb's account itself, and and they informed. Uh, informed everybody that this was the situation and an email correspondence would be forthcoming. And within a few minutes, that email correspondence, you know, did come through. And that, that was the first that we heard of it. And since then, I'd say the, the amount of communication since then has been extremely limited. So we're still very much in the dark on certain aspects as to what happens next. I think my worries are that Ofgem is going to find a very quick fix in order to migrate customers from from one provider to another without necessarily considering, well, actually, there are are many reasons why uh, business customers like us in particular choose to go with a renewable energy provider. Uh, Obviously, there are still some who are are still in existence. Will we have a say in who we go to? And if not, is it going to be a case of, well, it's going to be one of the one of the big five or big six providers who aren't necessarily in in sync with what we're all about. And do we then need to start the process all over again of selecting and choosing a new provider and going through the whole process of re-registration that way? We should point out that Paul is a business customer at Bold, but he does raise a very important point about whether customers have a say about which supplier they move to. Now, Sarah, as we've already said, Bold's case is unique. So where customers of other providers are being transferred to another supplier from the get-go, what's happening for Bold customers? And if Bold's administration ends with customers being transferred, are they likely to have any say over who takes over their supply? Bulb is operating as usual for customers at the moment. Mm -hmm. The special administration regime is is set up to protect the customers of a large company that has become insolvent. So that means that the business can continue to trade as usual. So Bulb's customers still have their energy supply as usual. Their credit balances are protected. Their tariffs haven't changed. Their top-ups will work as usual if they're on prepayment meters. Smart meter installations are still going ahead. So there's nothing that bulb customers need to do at this stage. As you mentioned, a special administrator has been chosen to run bulb. And it will do this until either the company is rescued, so maybe restructured, till the company is sold, or until the customers are transferred to other suppliers. It's too early to say at this stage what is going to happen with Bulb. It's very unlikely, though, that customers will have any say over who takes over their supply. However, you are free to switch to another energy supplier while the special administrator is running Bulb, if you wish. And we'll speak a little more on on switching later. But first, speaking again on this special administration process, as we already mentioned, Bulb is just one in a long line of suppliers to go into difficulty this year. Why has it been singled out and treated so differently? It's about size. Bulb is more than double Mm -hmm. the size of the next biggest firm that has failed this autumn. Um, The special administration regime is there to protect customers um, and ensure that they still have energy supply when a big provider fails. 
Uh, Ofjump also explained that with so many suppliers going bust, the systems in the industry are under quite a lot of pressure. So adding Bulb's 1.6 million customers to that usual supplier of last resort process would take a long time. It would put more the system under more strain and it would slow down for things for customers who are already going through that process. Bulb being bailed out does make me wonder whether the government would step in if any other companies go bust. As you say, Sarah, Bulb is the biggest supplier to fall under so far. But could any of the other leading players such as British Gas, EDF Energy, E.ON, Scottish Power and OVO, could any of these follow suit? This is a question we put to industry analyst Anna Moss from Cornwall Insight. I think all suppliers are facing quite significant challenges. So regardless of whether they are uh, very lightly capitalised or new entrant suppliers, um, there's lots of pressure across the board on suppliers to become more efficient. Um, And the added pressure of both the wholesale price, the price cap, um, and really now the, the process of taking on the customers of lots of those failed suppliers will also be impacting some of those larger companies as well. So it's very hard to say what what the market will look like this time next year, I think. Anna mentions the price cap there. And in October, this increased from 1,138 a year to 1,277. Sarah, we've mentioned this a little already, but just for the record, can you explain how the price cap relates to your energy bill? Sure. So there's a price cap on the bills of customers who are on default or out of contract tariffs. You'll also hear these called things like standard and standard variable tariffs. Mm. And the price cap limits the amount that your supplier can charge for the daily standing charge and for the unit rate that you pay per kilowatt hour of gas or electricity. So the figures that you'll often hear quoted in the media, the um, 1,138, the 1,277 are the amounts that the average sort of medium use household would pay on a price cap tariff. The actual amount that you pay will depend on how much energy you use. Essentially, the idea of the price cap is to ensure that you don't pay more than a fair price for the energy that you use. So the most recent rise of the price cap is an increase of nearly £140. But if you were on a fixed deal, which ended and moved to a tariff at the level of the price cap, you would likely have seen an even bigger increase. But this could be a drop in the ocean compared with the increase for the price cap that's being predicted for April 2022, as Anna Moss explains. The price it would be a huge increase, we think, that would come through in, in April time, given the increases we've seen in the wholesale markets in the six months prior to that. Um, so you might be looking at 30 or 40 percent increases for energy suppliers um, who've, who've had this lower cap in place. Um, which which has protected that cost increase going through to consumers. But as we have said, it's it's created that risk for energy suppliers. Um, It it means they'll see the increase being passed through more to customers at that point in time. But of course, we are looking at substantial increases for consumers. And customers are able to switch away from the capped prices. um, But at the moment, it's very difficult to access a new tariff Lots of those fixed tariffs that are available are at the moment priced above the level of the cap. Um, So most um, consumer bodies are recommending that customers stay on the capped price for the time being. 
A potential rise of 30 or even 40% would be a hit really felt by consumers. And it seems even harder to bear when, as Anna rightly mentions there, we're being advised to sit tight and not switch energy suppliers, which really is the opposite to the advice we usually give. Sarah, are there any cases where switching now could save you money, especially given the potential increases to come? At the moment, you're not going to be finding deals to switch to that are going to save you lots of money. Mm. Uh, For many, default tariffs, so the ones we've talked about also called out of contract or standard tariffs, are the best option cost-wise as they're protected by the price cap. Um, And effectively, this limits the rates your supplier can charge you until the end of March 2022. You'll automatically roll onto one of these price cap tariffs if you take no action when your current fixed deal ends. However, the price cap, as we've mentioned, will change from the 1st of April next year um, and go up likely. When we know what the new price cap looks like, uh, which we'll know at the start of February, that is when it's worth keeping an eye out to see what tariffs are on sale. If you can fix your prices at a lower level than the new price cap, then it will help protect you from that increase. Otherwise, the price cap will change on a six monthly basis. So that's when your uh, rates can go up or down if you're on one of those tariffs. Oh, it's a really tricky time for consumers, especially when the incentive to switch is dwindling. And it's difficult to say with any certainty whether it's likely to pick up anytime soon. Here's Anna Moss again with further insights on how things could change over the next few months. I don't think there's too many factors that are likely to push the price down in the near term. The levels we think are going to stay pretty high through the winter months. Um, We will probably get to April and see this this significant increase. So for the time being, it it seems likely that uh, we wouldn't have very cheap fixed prices as we have in the past. Um, Of course, it's very difficult to say what will happen in spring and summer next year. I'm sure most people will hope that at that point we have um, some lower tariffs that are able to go in below the level of the price cap. Um, But of course, it all depends on, on the wholesale market conditions at that point. And to answer a question from Gavin on Twitter, what happens if all energy firms go bust? I really hope that wouldn't happen. Um, you know, we, we've had a, a competitive supply market since the the, uh, the the 90s. Well, one of the main objectives of the regulator is to deliver um, the best results for consumers um, through a competitive market. There's huge potential still in the energy markets for retailers. Um, when we look ahead to our net zero targets, we might be seeing really significant changes for consumers through um, electric vehicles, through changes to our heating systems to, to decarbonize um, our domestic heating. There's lots of opportunity there for suppliers to play a role. They have interactions with customers already. They're the main uh, face of the industry, if you like, um, and a, a really um, some are, are set up in ways to approach this um, kind of new opportunity as, as we go forwards. And hopefully as we move through into next year where prices may become more comfortable um, and we, we might see slightly better margins in the supply market, it might open up an opportunity there for different kinds of companies to be operating alongside the existing um, uh, larger and, and medium suppliers. So Sarah, while the advice isn't to switch, other tips to cut your energy usage are more important than ever. Can you leave us with a few tips that could make a difference? 
cutting your energy use is the key to bringing your bills down at this point. Mm. So now it's getting chilly, adding insulation or draft proofing will help keep the heat in your home better um, and save you some money on your heating bills. Besides that, if you have heating controls, so I'm thinking about a room thermostat, a programmer, maybe thermostatic radiator valves, use them to set times for your heating and hot water to turn on and off. Think about heating only the parts of your home that you actually use and adjust the temperature in different areas so you're comfortable, but you're not wasting heat in in areas you're not in. If you have a smart meter, try using the in-home display that came with it or your online account or app to look at how much electricity and gas you're using in real time and help single out any appliances or activities that are more energy hungry than you realised. When you come to replace appliances, look for the most efficient models. So with a tumble dryer, for example, choosing the most efficient could be saving you £106 per year. But also think about how you're using those appliances. Um, Other quick tips I can think of include replacing your light bulbs with energy saving ones, only running your washing machine or dishwasher when you've got a full load um, and Mm. using the energy saving programs on those appliances. Think about only boiling as much water as you're going to need in the kettle um, and try not to leave your gadgets on standby because all of these together can really add up. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us today. And thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Witch Money Podcast. Just to end with a little housekeeping, if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, we would really appreciate it. And do also hit follow if you haven't already to make sure you always catch our latest episode. As always, if you have any questions or for more information, you can also find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was recorded and produced by Rob Lilly with additional support by Ian Aikman. Mm-hmm.